Hello, everyone. Welcome to season two of Evolving with Ben. If you're a returning listener, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy that you're here and that you continue to support my journey and listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to Evolving with Ben, welcome. I'm very happy that you found my podcast. You're probably looking for inspiration or perhaps you want to help inspire others. So you came to the right place. You see, Evolving with Ben creates a platform for people to feel inspired and motivated to share their stories and inspire others. I genuinely believe, folks, that we all have incredible stories, and it's my goal. It's truly my mission to encourage you to continue to evolve and inspire you so that you can share your stories of inspiration and hope to help inspire others around you. I welcome your stories, and I also welcome you to my show because anything goes. We all need a little inspiration and we all need motivation in life. Folks, I'm very excited about today's episode because I have a very special guest with me today. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Joanna Roop. Joanna Roop is a speaker, coach, leadership and talent leader who is deeply rooted in her passion for helping individuals bloom to their full and unique potential, both personally and professionally. Joanna has over 20 years of experience in learning, talent, and organizational development, working for organizations such as Lowe's, Home Improvement, the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, and MSC Industrial. Her focus has been in aligning leadership development with holistic enterprise-wide business strategies through building effective partnerships, developing career models, coaching, leadership, and curriculum architecture design. She has also been a guest speaker for various organizations to include LULAC, League of United Latin American Citizens, and has worked as a consultant and coach to organizations such as the Mint Museum of Charlotte and many others. Joanna, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Ben. I'm doing well. Excited to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you, and I'm excited for the conversation that we are going to have today. Um, we're going to talk about authentic leadership and the characteristics of authenticity. And Joanna, I know that this is something that's a passion of yours and it's a topic that's near and dear to you. Tell me why. It is, Ben. I've had an opportunity to work with leaders, um, as you mentioned, for a number of years. And it is that opportunity that I feel has given me a front row seat to see what make leaders tick and what's, mm -hmm. um, leadership is all about. And so I'm passionate because I am deeply rooted in the belief that everyone can and wants to develop to their full and unique potential. That's excellent. And I bet throughout your career, you've seen a lot of leaders do exactly what you just said, develop to their full potential. Um, that's, that's excellent. And I know that you, you have so much insight uh, to share with us today. Joanna, I have a few questions that I want to ask you related to authenticity authentic leadership, if you will. Um, are you okay with that format? Absolutely. I'm excited because one of the things that you said was we're all having credible stories and everything goes. So I love that. It kind of lets me let the guard down and just enjoy this because I do have That's stories right. and I love the fact that everything goes. So I'm ready. Absolutely. Awesome. So Joanna, let's start with, with this. How do you define authentic leadership? What does this mean to you? You know, Ben, when I, if I think about that, 
to me, it is important to define those two words separately before mm-hmm. we kind of define it together. For me, there's many different definitions of leadership out there. One that speaks to me is that leadership is an influence process and that leadership is about the ability of an individual to influence and motivate motivate others Mm -hmm. towards a common goal. And when I think about being authentic is about being exactly who you are, being real, honest uh, to yourself and to others. Mm -hmm. And so that definition together in authentic leadership is someone who is able to show up with the essence of who you are, Mm -hmm. having a clear understanding of who you are and what do you stand for, be standing firm and deeply rooted in that so that you can help others to achieve their goals um, and to believe that they can do more than what they thought was possible for themselves. Excellent. It's just such, um, you know, as I hear you talk about the defining them separately, you know, and I I, got to be honest with you, I've never thought about defining authentic leadership separately. To me, it was always just, it's just one, right? But I can see exactly how, first of all, we need to understand what is leadership? What are the characteristics or the behaviors of a leader, which then leads into that authenticity piece? And as I hear you talk about authenticity, one of the things that came to mind is courage, courageous. I think oftentimes people might feel that authenticity is is something that um, is intimidating. Have you found that through your work and and through working with other leaders? Absolutely. Uh, It's interesting you should choose the word courage. Mm. Um, In my mind and in my experience, being courageous is an important part of that recipe for success um, Mm. as a leader, right? Having the courage to speak up and to allow your voice to be heard Mm -hmm. is critically important. In terms of uh, people finding it maybe intimidating Mm -hmm. is you don't need to have a positional title to be a leader, number Mm. one. You can be a leader in whatever role and whatever situation you're in. Remember my definition of leadership. It's it's about being influential. Mm -hmm. So you can be in any position. And if you have influence, if you're impacting other people to move, to do something, you have leadership traits or leadership Mm. capability. It's really in the term that we're defining it here and about being an effective leader and authentic leader is how do you use who you are to tap into that? Um, Where, what's the source and that, where does that essence show up for you in Mm -hmm. order to, to help other people? And being courageous is something that it's key among some other factors. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's a, that's such a great message, uh, Joanna. And, and even, even advice, if you think about it, right? Because I, I have often found people, at least in my experience, who want to be leaders and have said, well, I'm not a leader. I'm not in that position yet. And you're absolutely right. You you can be a leader, even though you're you don't have the title. You know, I, it, it makes me think about um, if you want the title, you need to start acting like a leader before you become a leader. Leading to what you said, right? Is having that influence over people. If you want to be looked and viewed as as a leader, what 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 do you say to that? 
Absolutely. It's, um, it's something that it's a decision that we make every day. Mm-hmm. And so you're not a leader if you don't have any followers. Mm-hmm. And so it is critically important to remember that in whatever situation you're in, think about as a parent, mm-hmm. if someone who is a parent, you are leading your family, you are influencing your children, that's leadership, it may not be leadership in in a conference room it may not look like leadership in a corporate world. But as a parent, you're a leader. If you are in a room with a group of friends and there are certain decisions that are being made about making this choice or that choice, and you step in as the voice of reasoning and say, let's consider this, that's leadership. You're having an influence in a group of people about a decision that it's being made. Now, with that said, um, it could be for the wrong reasons or Mm. for the the wrong right? The wrong solution. I mean, if Mm, you think mm -hmm. about not getting political, but if we think about what's the state of what's happening right now, right? Right. So a leader may see that uh, this is my belief and my vision and what I stand for. Mm -hmm. And that leader can influence a lot of people into doing something that maybe from uh, the view of everybody else is wrong, Um, It should not be what's happening, but that person is being influential. That person is exercising a lot of influence under a group of people uh, towards a common goal that may not necessarily be good or be aligned to the values and beliefs of others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. You touched on a lot of great things. And um, I want to comment on a couple here, Um, you know, a time of crisis, whenever there's a situation that's uh, stressful or, or let's just say how it is, right? A time of crisis, like you mentioned, people look for that leader. People look for that authentic leader for guidance, for support, for comfort, right? And then the other piece you mentioned is if you're a parent, if you're, if you're a family person, you're leading your family. And, and it gets me thinking that as parents, we lead our children, like you said, and we're looking to protect them. And, and, jump in the fire for them, right? In, in certain situations. And it makes me think back now, I place it back to a leader in the workplace. What do they do? They jump in front of the fire for their employees. They protect their employees at all costs and they're guiding and supporting them. It's such a great connection uh, that you mentioned there. And it's such a powerful statement, I think, um, for, for people to reflect on, especially those folks that are A, looking to step into leadership roles or B, they're already in a leadership position because they can obviously continue to, evolve and grow their leadership capabilities. Absolutely. You know, I always say when I'm facilitating to a group of leaders in the workplace, there is a lot of similarities uh, to parenting and leadership. Mm -hmm. But I also say, let's exercise caution. I'm not with that. I'm not saying that the people that you lead are your children. So you got to be very careful, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, The people that you lead are not your children. Do not treat the people that you lead as uh, this is my child and this is what I would do or this is what I do at home. The similarities come in the fact that, to your point, uh, Ben, it comes from from an essence and a place of um, empathy, compassion, uh, a desire to help uh, to, to influence people mm-hmm. towards a common goal, uh, to something positive. 
And so a lot of the things that we do at home with our family, we see that playing out in who you are, because if you're being your authentic self, mm-hmm. you're not a different person at home than you are at work. Very true. Right. We're only fooling ourselves. It would be the mask that we wear, right? Yep. Thinking uh-huh. that I'm going to wear this mask at home and I'm going to wear this different mask when I'm out in public. At the end of the day, you're only fooling yourself as a leader. That's not authenticity. Authenticity is the essence of me shows up in whatever I do and whomever I'm leading, whether it's my children or the people, my friends or the people that I interact with, we'll get that essence of you and Mm -hmm. we'll feel that because that's genuinely who you are, right? It's, It's the essence of you is the only thing that I can use to describe it. And that's non-negotiable. It shouldn't be something that changes depending on who you're talking to. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that I, I completely agree with how that would, you know, go against being authentic. I think this is a great segue to my next question, Joanna, and and also, uh, you know, touching back on what you said about courage, how do you feel about the phrase fake it until you make it when it relates to authenticity? Uh, I have said that phrase uh, myself. Okay. I I shouldn't say have said it. I, I still say it, you know, I love that you're saying as it relates to authenticity, because then that changes things a little bit in how I would answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand what's intended uh, when someone says fake, fake it until you make it. And, and maybe relating it to authenticity, I would choose a different word instead of fake it, right? Okay. Faking it, it's not being authentic, um, is to visualize it until you achieve it. Mm-hmm. And and it's the same thing, right? It's just a play on words of I'm using a different word to get to the same thing. And and to me, that really speaks about being in the right frame of mind. And it makes me think about a growth mindset versus Mm -hmm. a fixed mindset, right? So uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Carol Dweck, who Mm -hmm. did a lot of research and work around a growth mindset. And so if I think about a growth mindset with that phrase, is that I got to be cautious about the things, the thoughts that I hold, because if my thoughts are fixed, if my, if I'm having kind of a negative, if I show up with a negative mindset, I won't be able to achieve as much or to achieve the goals that I've set for myself. So the fake it till you make it is have a growth mindset, visualize the positive outcome of what you set your mind to do, which really directly links into this self-talk and that inner voice that we allow. Mm-hmm. So your self-talk, uh, your self-talk can either help you achieve those goals or it can be self-defeating. Mm-hmm. So be cautious of what you think about. And so fake it till you make it, visualize it until you can achieve it would be one way. But I do understand uh, the meaning behind it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you, excuse me, for really giving us your insight on that, because I I love the phrase, visualize it until you achieve it. And it's almost as you were saying that I can picture, you know, myself standing in front of a mirror, visualizing what I want to accomplish, what I want to achieve. Uh, And it helps 
tone out that negative voice that I'm sure we've all experienced before. I know I have, right? I, I, I think um, it's, it's important for us to acknowledge and recognize that we do experience that negative voice. But to your point, visualize it until you achieve it. I don't, I don't think that, you know, and, and the reason why I asked that question is because I don't think that you can fake authenticity. You, you just, you can't. I think it becomes very transparent. Um, and it, it reminds me of a leader. And, and let me share this story with you really quick. You know, faking it until you make it. Um, not being able to fake authenticity. A few years back, Joanne, I used to work for a leader. And this is an individual that I believed my perception and my experience. He tried to fake it right? The authenticity piece, the the leadership piece where he cared about his team. And I'll give you an example. Every Monday morning, I used to have uh, my my meeting with him. Uh, And this was before COVID, before the pandemic. So we would meet in person in his office. And um, the first thing that he would ask me is, how's your weekend? And you know me, I'm a people person. I love to talk and and I can go on for hours. And so I would start rambling like my weekend was this and I did this with my children and my husband and I went to this new restaurant. And immediately, I kid you not, he would start to multitask as I start talking. And so he would either pick up his phone and start texting and and nodding of the head or, "Mm -hmm. oh, oh, that's great. Or or turn to the computer and start answering emails. Soon, Soon after that, after the few instances, my response to how was your weekend on Monday mornings were, it was good. And I'd move on. We would also have um, brainstorming team meetings once a month. And so the team would come together. And the purpose of these meetings, Joanna, was that our leader wanted to get our feedback and our input and and brainstorm uh, ideas for, for different solutions. And so the first few meetings that we started having as teams, everyone would come pumped and energized and they would start sharing all these great ideas. And as soon as we would start sharing, the leader would be like, no, we don't want to do that. No, no. Or how about if we do this instead of that? Or let me tell you what we should do instead. So what do you think happened after two or three meetings of, of having those responses from our leader, these brainstorming meetings? Shut down. People not, shut down. Not exactly. <laughs> People immediately started to shut down. And so I take that experience with me because to me, um, there was a lack of authenticity in that leader. There was an, a, a lack of behaviors, mm-hmm. leadership behaviors, right? Because he's asking for our feedback or he's asking a simple question. How was your weekend? You know, when a leader asks that of me, I get excited. I want to tell you about it, right? Because we're, we're there to build relationships. And to me, that was someone who attempted to be authentic, but failed at it. It was transparent. We picked up on it. Needless to say, the team started to dissolve. Um, you know, it was a team that didn't last under his leadership for, for uh, much longer. Obviously, I'm not there anymore either. Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts? Have you ever experienced lack of authenticity in leadership? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so many reasons and so many things come to mind. Uh, number one, I, I hate for people to go through that experience. And in my opinion, there's nothing worse than for a leader to be disingenuine, right? Mm. To not really truly care um, or to ask those questions just because it's a normal conversation or people expect me to answer those questions. But a couple of things, uh, Ben, that I think are important is sometimes those 
individuals lack the self-awareness. And so they don't realize that they're coming across in that way. Mm -hmm. So it's not coming from they intentionally don't care or they intentionally didn't want to ask you, but there is a lack of self-awareness there that they have not realized the damage or the perception. And people's perception, you've heard it, people's perception is a reality. Mm -hmm. So they go about their business and they go about their day-to-day without realizing that these conversations or these little things that you're trying to implement are actually having or doing more harm than they're doing good. Mm. And so to me, that goes back to my whole uh, belief about the deeply rooted things that we all have. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, there is a disconnect and what they intend to do and who they intend to be mm-hmm. versus the actions and what people are actually experiencing from that leader. And so not defending this person, mm-hmm. but it could be that they lack self-awareness and that they're going around without knowing the bodies that they're leaving behind, the dead bodies that they're leaving behind. Mm. And so until they ask for that feedback, until they find someone in their path that gives them that insight or that allows them to see how they're coming across, they will continue to move forward with that blind spot, huge blind spot. And and that's a challenge, but you're absolutely right. If you're going to be an authentic leader, Uh, you genuinely have to care has to come Mm -hmm. from a place of I genuinely if I'm going to ask you how you doing today Ben it should be because I want to hear what you have to say right not because there is a societal expectation that I should ask you how you're doing if I don't have the time to hear you respond then maybe I should not be asking the question I can just say hi hello that's it and leave it at that absolutely Absolutely. Great, you know, great uh, piece there, Joanna, and and the feedback piece, right? Until you said, until that leader asks for that feedback, right? They won't realize the bodies they're leaving behind. And to me, when I think about an authentic leader, an authentic leader is vulnerable and has the confidence to ask for feedback, whether it be from their leader or their direct reports. And I think that's powerful, Joanna. I think it's powerful for leaders to be able to display that confidence um, and courage to ask for that feedback. I, I wanna stick with this topic for a few more minutes here. I wanna dig deeper into, you, you brought up self-awareness and I wanna dig because I, I think there, there might be a connection between authenticity and emotional intelligence. What do you think is the connection between authenticity and emotional intelligence. I would agree with you a thousand percent. Uh, There's definitely um, a link. The link that I see is in being authentic. And we talked about that definition. You started by asking me about the definition of authentic leadership Mm -hmm. to be real, uh, to be honest with yourself, to do an honest self-assessment about yourself. You got to have self-awareness. And uh, this book by um, Travis Bradbury and Jean Greaves on emotional intelligence uh, Mm 2.0 is self-awareness is one of the skills of emotional intelligence. And self-awareness is our ability to first identify and understand 
our own emotions, mm. right? So can you do an honest self-assessment of, of those emotions and those things that, that you're feeling? What are your strengths? What are the opportunities that you have? Um, the other skill is self-management which is choosing an appropriate response to your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Are you agile? Are you able to adapt? Another key skill of emotional intelligence is social awareness, which is uh, observe and recognize and understand the emotions of others. So mm. can you walk into a room uh, and are you able to get pick up on those cues on how maybe what you're saying, think about that story that you just shared, um, to me, that's a leader that doesn't have social awareness, mm -hmm. right? So we talked about their lack of self-awareness, but they're also lacking in social awareness because they weren't picking up on the cues from how people were reacting mm -hmm. or internalizing what this person was doing. Right. And then the last uh, skill, relationship management, which it's the most critical mm -hmm. um, of the three because you can't have relationship management if you don't have self-awareness, if you don't have uh, the ability to self-manage and mm -hmm. you're not socially aware. And so is you're using all these three other skills in order to form and maintain healthy relationships. All of that ties into your ability to be an authentic leader. A leader who lacks emotional intelligence in any of these areas um, it's going to have some kind of difficulty mm -hmm. in that journey because there's something that they need to focus on in order to really show up um, as authentic to others and to having a strong understanding of how to interact with other people. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that connection. Um, you know, as I'm hearing you talk about the four skill sets with with emotional intelligence and how it ties to authenticity, um, you know, one of the things that came to my mind was being an active listener, right? And we know that active listening requires for you to hear what the person is saying, but also I, you touched on the, the the body language, those nonverbal cues. It, it takes me back to the story I shared with you, where you know, the leader every Monday morning kept asking me, how's your weekend? And after I started responding, it was good. Every Monday morning, he still kept asking that question. And, you know, that leads to that lack of also not only the uh, social awareness, but that lack of active listening. Now you're not picking up on the fact that I'm just responding with it was good, but also the body language. And I think it's important for, for everyone to, to be able to flex that muscle if you will, of active listening and practice noticing different behaviors, uh, whether it's the body language, the movement of the hands, face expressions. Um, you've said this to me many times before, curiosity, right? I think yeah. active listening requires that piece of being naturally curious. Again, you say this, you say this often. I've heard you share this advice with me in the past and in, in certain conversations we've had, but always having that curiosity in your mind as an active listener and as an authentic leader, I think authenticity requires for us to be curious about life and curious about the people that we're leading and supporting. Absolutely. And I'll just add, you're absolutely right about uh, the active listening piece. And it's not something that necessarily comes natural, right? We all have uh, competing thoughts. Uh, there's things that are happening in my mind as I'm listening to you. Mm -hmm. um, it's the ability to be able to suspend my thoughts 
Um, and that desire that sometimes surfaces of, oh, I know where he's going, so let me fill in the blanks or let me jump in here. Listening is really about suspending my desire to potentially interrupt you or to finish your sentence and truly just listen. Um, but I, but I want to interject something that maybe Ben, I'll use a different word than mm-hmm. different verb than um, active listening, but mm-hmm. it's an empathetic listening. And mm-hmm. for, for us to show up as an uh, authentic leader, especially thinking about authenticity mm-hmm. and back to the emotional intelligence piece, we need to learn to listen um, to what is being said, but also to the emotion of what mm. is being said. Mm-hmm. And you picked up that well when you said uh, the nonverbals, right? And what's mm-hmm. happening. Oftentimes you're talking to someone and you're saying something. And because we're getting ready to say what we think they're going or we're preparing our own answers in our head, we miss it. You miss that that person, maybe what you just said hurt Mm. them. Mm. Uh, Maybe the person is getting shifty, uncomfortable. Maybe their eyes are now watery. So you're missing the emotion of what's behind the words that they're saying. Mm -hmm. And so when you listen with empathy, you're not only are you listening for what they're saying, but you're picking up on the emotion behind what is being said. That's of a whole different level. And that is one thing that I think for leaders that really want to be authentic, Mm -hmm. that you need to explore. To do that, it requires you to shut down your own thoughts, Mm. to remove uh, that bias and that judgment of, well, why is this person getting so hurt? Or why are they getting so frustrated? Or why are they getting, that's their emotion. Mm -hmm. You can't try to, play with that or to try to intercept that emotion, let them feel that emotion. You just, they're listening with empathy to try to understand um, where they're coming from. And that is a skill that I think it's something that people, it is a skill Mm -hmm. and therefore it can be learned. So when people say, well, well, you know, I'm not an empathic listener. You can learn. The good news is you can learn. I was just going to say, and that is there the good news that we can learn that skill to to be an empathetic listener Uh, and I think it's simple you know you said kind of removing all of that conversation all those thoughts in our mind I think it starts very simple on how to become an empathetic listener remove all of the distractions and we know this this is this is foundational right when you're going to have a meeting or a conversation with one of your employees uh, one of your team members turn off your phone turn off your computer give them that undivided attention I'll tell you what I used to do uh, before when I had a team before in the role that I'm in now um, and I had my one-on-ones, I would physically leave my office and I would take my, my team member to a different spot. Sometimes we'd go to Starbucks. Sometimes we'd sit outside in the, in the patio outside our corporate office if the weather was nice because I wanted to eliminate all of the distractions um, and eliminate the, the same room that we constantly work in, right? Because if it's in my office, we're constantly working in there, we go into a conference room, there's, there's um, danger of distraction. And it's that simple, folks. I think it's you start building that skill set by starting foundationally. Just turn off your phone, remove yourself from, from the distraction, right? 
Absolutely. And mm. remove yourself from the distraction and let it be okay for that person to share their story, mm. their hurt, mm-hmm. their emotion without you having to throw in your two cents mm-hmm. or to say, I can relate. And I'll, I'll give you this, um, Ben, I know you talked initially about telling stories and everything mm-hmm. goes. Um, I've experienced when you're trying to share something with someone and you're just like not even halfway through the story that you're trying to tell. And they jump in and say something like, oh, the same thing happened to me <laughs> now. Oh, I can totally relate. The same thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. That's great. But this is my story, right? This is my time. I want you to listen to me. So learning to, to listen with empathy is also, yeah, your story is important, but right now is about that person. So you're right. Make yourself present, mm-hmm. Be remove all distractions and give of yourself fully to just listen, to just be there. That person yeah. may not want you to jump in and save them and help them give advice. They didn't ask for any of that. They're just sharing a story. Empathetic listening is about encouraging them to continue on and to share and for you to be fully present um, and there in the moment. Resist the urge to jump in to problem solve unless that's what they asked you for. Now it's different, right? Mm -hmm. If I jump in and I say, you know, Ben, I want your feedback or your opinion. Um, I really need your advice. You're listening for that, right? So, okay, they want me in. Ben, I want you to tell me about a time when maybe that happened to you. Oh, you want my story. Mm. So we're naturally listening. We just jump in and we take a seat and we remove the person from the driver's seat and we take control. Let me tell you how to do this. That might not be what they want. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we've all experienced that. I know I have. I can think of a bunch of different situations where I've been the one to jump in and say, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. Or I've been the one to say, well, here's what I think. They're not asking for that advice. They're, they're just, to your point, asking to listen. You know, as I heard you say, <clears throat> invite them to continue to share their story, be there, be present and listen just listen to what they have to share. What comes to mind is trust. I think that as authentic leaders, when you continue to invite the story and you're really truly being that empathetic listener to your point, you're also building trust. Your, your, okay. your teams are, are trusting you to confide in you, to share, you know, whether it's a personal situation or to admit to a mistake that they did at work. Right. And I think that that's powerful. I think it's powerful for us as authentic leaders to build that trust. And again, that goes back to foundations. Trust is a foundational skill that we need to practice in authenticity. Absolutely. If someone doesn't uh, trust you, the issues and the ramifications of that are huge. Mm -hmm. So you can't really get anyone to even listen to you if there is a lack of trust. So trust is at the, to your point is foundational, Mm, right? mm -hmm. And so how do you establish that? Now there's different schools of thoughts out there. There's some people that believe that they automatically give you their trust, right? I I trust you. There's people that uh, are going to trust you automatically, even without knowing you until Mm -hmm. you do something to break that trust. Mm. 
uh, there is people that don't trust until you prove to them that you are trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Why that is, is to me, in my experience, it depends on your personality, your mm-hmm. upbringing, your experiences. Mm-hmm. If you've been in a situation where that trust has been violated, and I'll use a, a, a personal side, you know, a, a personal story, not personally to me, mm-hmm. but a story of not professionally, right? So if you're in a relationship with a friend, a friend who betrays your trust or a confidence or breaks confidence, and that's happened to you a couple of times, how likely are you that when you make a fourth or fifth friend, your guard is probably going to be up, right? You probably are going to be guarded, mm-hmm. less likely to automatically extend the trust because you've been burned. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense. These individuals walk into new friendships and new relationships guarded because trust has been broken. I've mm-hmm. been hurt. And so it's a normal mechanism for us humans to protect ourselves, right? right? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let anybody in because they can potentially hurt me. But if you've gone through life having really strong relationships, uh, really strong partnerships based on trust, you're more likely to walk into a new situation uh, trusting Mm -hmm. because you trust until that person violates that, right? And so trust is kind of a complex thing. And we all come in, especially in the leadership realm, um, with our own belief system of what it is. And so it really depends on the leader. Mm -hmm. If they are a trustworthy leader, or a leader that automatically trusts his or her team mm-hmm. to be there, or if it's a leader that is guarded and who says, you know what, I trust none of you, uh, people pick up on that. People yeah. get a sense of whether they are being trusted mm-hmm. or if the leader is guarded. And so that's that can have huge ramifications in that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a behavior that becomes very transparent, whether you trust someone or, or you're a guarded leader. Um, and I also think that rebuilding the trust once it's been broken, that's probably one of the most difficult things to do. Um, in my opinion, Joanna, I think that trust uh, is, is easier to build a trust at, at initially, but once it's broken, I think that's when it's hard to come back from them because yeah, I think human nature is to hold grudges also. So if somebody breaks the trust, people tend to hold grudges and that's when it's difficult to rebuild it. Um, It reminds me of a situation I'll tell you here. A few years back, I was interviewing for a different role with an organization. And right before my interview ended, the leader that was interviewing me says to me, how am I going to trust you? How are you good? How am I going to make sure that you're doing your work without me having to micromanage you? And how am I going to trust that you're doing what you need to be doing? And I thought that was an interesting question for the interview. And, you know, my response to him was, I think the question should be, how am I going to maintain the trust? And he kind of took a step back and he's like, well, what do you mean? I don't trust you yet. I said, well, I said, if you've already hired me for the job, we've already established that trust. You've trusted me to come here. You've trusted me to hire me to do the job that I've interviewed for. So now the task becomes me maintaining that trust with you, you know? And so I thought it was interesting because he then saw it differently. And he said, you know what? You're right. If I hired you, it's because I've trusted you. I've trusted the process. I've trusted your background. I've trusted what you shared with me. 
So now truly is how do you maintain that trust? And so I shared with him, these are the things that I will do to maintain that trust. And it became about maintaining an open relationship, being transparent, being vulnerable. Um, because again, initially, I think we do tend to build that trust. And then it's once you break it, it's when it becomes difficult to rebuild it. Yeah, I love that story. And I love that, you know, what you just kind of showcased was the ability to have a conversation and mm-hmm. for both sides to be able to establish and say, this is what it requires for me, this and the other person to articulate, and this is what it's required for me, because we all have different needs. Uh, and sometimes where we get into trouble is when we make the assumption that what I need and what works for me is what works for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily. There's, uh, we might have some similarities, but we're all different. Everybody has different needs and wants. And so is the ability to be open to and receptive to what that other person needs and to be able to meet in the, in the middle is critical. But another thing that I love that you said, Ben, on trust is you said it is difficult to rebuild um, that trust once it's been broken. Mm-hmm. I love that you use the word difficult, not impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there is room. Um, Mm -hmm. I am of the belief that everything is possible. Mm -hmm. Even when there is uh, that brokenness in trust, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that hurt. Remember, we talked about emotional intelligence. Emotions play a key role in everything. Um, There is the possibility as long the two sides are willing. And the reason I say that is Mm. because it becomes difficult to rebuild the trust if only one side is willing and the mm. other one says, don't want to talk to you, talk to the hand. Uh, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes difficult, not impossible. There is always a possibility if there is a willingness. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, there should always be that willingness. There should always be that desire. And I know some people, you know, that maybe some of your listeners may be thinking, well, that's easier said than done because mm-hmm. you don't know what happened to me. You're absolutely correct. That's why it's your choice. That's why you're sitting in the driver's seat. It's your choice. But for us, it's, impor- it's important for me for us to remember that when we are unforgiving, mm-hmm. it hurts us more than it hurts the person that you're not forgiving. Because that person may carry on Mm. doing whatever it is that they're doing, and they're not even giving you a second thought. And it is us kind of brewing in that and Mm -hmm. and holding on to that, that starts to turn that little thing into hatred, Mm. into unforgiveness, into revenge, into all kinds of ugly things Mm -hmm. that only diminish you Mm. and that only hurt you. Um, so important for a leader, if we go back to our definition, it's an influence process mm-hmm. and we're influencing, influencing to make better, to inspire, to motivate, um, and to tap into the, help people tap into that unique potential, mm-hmm. not being willing to trust them, not being willing to give them an opportunity just because someone made a mistake, just because they're not aligned completely to your views you might be missing out on more than they're missing out, right? That leader has to show up authentic at all times. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great, Joanna. Um, everything is possible, right? Things are, there's nothing that we cannot achieve or rebuild. Um, and the last thing I'll say on that is, you know, holding on to a grudge, if you will, or, or holding on to, I don't ever want to trust this person again, you're investing unnecessary energy. Absolutely. And to yes. your point, unnecessary energy, that's going to diminish you physically, emotionally, and also mentally. So, um, and I'll know, add, I'll add to that spiritually, spiritually, spiritually. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it does impact, uh, a lot of different levels of, of just being human. Um, Joanna, you touched on emotional intelligence again here, and I want to share with you a story that came to mind of an authentic leader who was also very emotionally in tune. Um, a few years back, I used to work in the banking industry, uh, retail banking, and, and, and retail banking, for those of you that have ever experienced it, is it's a very stressful environment. Um, you know, we're heavily regulated, uh, sales goals, operational goals, customer service goals. I mean, you name it, it's there, right? And I worked for this leader who was compassionate, she was courageous, and she was empowering above all. And, and her leadership, because of those characteristics, it was impactful and it was inspiring to, to all of us. Uh, and I say all of us because I often heard my peers describe her in that manner. And, and the emotional intelligence piece, Joanna, was that she understood the emotions of her team and she was able to connect those emotions into our strengths and also into our areas of opportunity. And so because she understood our emotions, she would put us in, in, in challenging situations that she knew that we would be able to use those abilities so that we can succeed and we can also learn and grow from those situations. And so she also created opportunities for, uh, you know, the team to take charge and become part of a solution that impacted the team or, or sometimes the organization at large. And so I often witnessed my peers, including myself, who were under her leadership that, you know, they've thrived and they've adopted that mentality of being authentic, but also leading with passion, integrity, and, and also honor, I'll add to that. Yeah. What it's clear, Ben, as I listen to you share that story is I can hear the passion, mm. the excitement, the good news about what you're sharing. It's like your tone, your delivery, um, what you're tapping into mm -hmm. is what, to me, without knowing this person, really defines an authentic leader, right? Mm -hmm. A leader who that was the essence of who this person was. What you got to experience was the genuine self mm -hmm. of a person who's comfortable in their own skin, who's able to own their strength and their opportunities, mm -hmm. a person who has a clear set of values and beliefs and who is selfless in giving and pouring into other people so that they mm -hmm. can also thrive and step into that wholeness of who they are. That's what I heard um, and how you described it. And it put a smile on my face because I was thinking as you were sharing that, I would love to be described that way, right? That's what you, <laughs> that's what you hope for is that right. the people that you impact if one day they tell a story about you, talk about your legacy, right? Is that when they describe you, there's excitement, there's passion, 
there's love in a way, right? right? There's honor, there's loyalty, and there's this desire to emulate this individual. Right. So I, I love your stories, but in particular this one, because I think I could hear it in your voice. I could just, it was palpable to see how this person or that story impacted you. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And it's, a, it, you know, she's a experience. She's a leader that continues to impact me. Um, we still stay connected and I'll reach out. She'll reach out. We follow each other on social media um, and we still continue to encourage each other. I still seek advice from her because she's a leader who made a long lasting impact in my life. And, and those leaders that are authentic leaders in tune to their emotions, to your point, are the ones that make those long lasting impressions in people. And, you know, Joanna, the, this is why also stories are so important to share the good, the bad and the ugly, because it teaches us stories truly teach us a lot of lessons in life, personally, professionally, emotionally, I'll also add spiritually now. So thank you. Um, stories are so important to share because it also as leaders, it helps us to learn what we want to mirror. But also it helps us as leaders how not to behave in the workplace, how not to behave at home, how not to behave as leaders, you know? I agree completely. Yeah. So Joanna, let me ask you this question, uh, a little bit of advice here. How can leaders become more authentic? What are your thoughts there? Hmm. You know, I'll go with, I have to say the answer to that, we're all on different paths. We're all very different. So I can't give an answer that says one size fits all men mm -hmm. because our values, our beliefs, our desires, our dreams, our emotions, all these things that we've talked about that form who we are dictate what might be missing and in what areas uh, we need to improve. So when I think about how can a leader become more authentic mm -hmm. is step number one is do an honest self-assessment, an honest inventory of your values, your beliefs, um, who you are, what your intentions are, what's your purpose, and then put it up against how you're showing up and mm -hmm. how people are experiencing you. If you don't know that, ask for feedback. Go and ask how people are experiencing you, how they're perceiving you. Because oftentimes what happens is we all have the best of intentions, but your intentions are all well and good, but your intentions are just that, intentions that are in your head. What people see, it's your actions. And, and so if there is incongruency between, you, between your intent and your actions, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So my advice is for you to be more authentic, start by reflecting. Set time aside to really think about who am I as a leader? What does authentic leadership mean to me? Who am I? What is the essence of me? What is my desire, my aspiration? What is the legacy that I'm trying to build as a leader? And then look at those actions what are you hearing? What are you seeing? And if you don't know, ask the question. 
And if it doesn't align, if there is a misalignment, that's what you need to do to be more authentic. Mm. So whatever that is, it depends on who you are Mm -hmm. and it depends on your goals and aspirations and dreams and vision. And it depends on what you've created thus far for people. The good news is if there is a misalignment and you have opportunities, you can change that Mm -hmm. by the actions that you take. Just make sure that you remember that your intent is all well and good. But if you don't tell people what your intention is and what they see is not what you intended, Mm -hmm. you might want to work on that. Thank you, Joanna. That's excellent advice. Um, it, key there is the self-assessment, the self-reflection, and asking for feedback. And it sounds to me like it's truly a self-discovery process uh, through your own journey. Um, great, excellent advice. Again, I appreciate that so much, Joanna. As, as we start to wrap up our conversation here, I wanna I wanna get your thoughts on on one more thing here. And and I ask this question because I've often heard leaders say that authenticity makes them vulnerable. And sometimes there's a negative uh, concept with vulnerability. So what advice would you give to those who feel that being authentic makes them vulnerable and they kind of translate that into weakness? I love that. And you're right. Um, When I, there's oftentimes there is this negative connotation with Mm -hmm. being vulnerable. Uh, as a sign of weakness. By the way, I believe that the same exists with humility Mm. as a sign of weakness Mm -hmm. is I can't be humble because humble is being meek or being weak. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I don't, I don't want to show that. And we're finding, especially in the leadership space, that it's quite the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You want leaders to be humble, that it's not so much uh, it's not about you. It's not about you as a leader being in spotlight, but it's about shining the spotlight into the people that are actually making things happen and you being okay with being behind the curtain uh, and removing obstacles and helping your people to shine and to evolve and to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, vulnerability has the same kind of bad rap, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so my first thing would be to say, change your mindset Mm. about what vulnerability means. Does it, um, being authentic does require you to be vulnerable and what's wrong with that, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, What's wrong with being vulnerable? Being vulnerable is for me to be able and willing to expose uh, those emotions to be able to share um, what I believe openly, to be transparent Mm -hmm. without being afraid of people using that against me. And so if there is a fear as an authentic leader, that if I open myself up and I let people see the messiness Mm -hmm. or the emotions, they can use it against me. Remember to be courageous. We talked about courage before. Mm -hmm. And so what, right? Nobody is asking us or expecting us to be robots. We're humans. And in our humanity, we come in all shapes and sizes and we are imperfect beings. Mm -hmm. And it is in that imperfection that the beauty of making something even better exists. So it's not until you make yourself vulnerable and you are vulnerable with yourself and with others Mm -hmm. 
that people start to accept and love um, that you are okay with letting people in. It is not a sign of weakness. In my mind, it's a sign of strength Mm -hmm. and courage that you have enough self-confidence to be okay with not being judged or if you are judged, doesn't matter. By the way, there's nothing we can do to stop people from talking about us, mm-hmm. from throwing in their two cents. <laughs> uh, and from when they sit to kind of say, I'm going to throw flowers or tomatoes. Right. It doesn't matter what it's good. It's okay. People yeah. are entitled to their own opinion and you might not be everybody's cup of tea. Right. That's okay too. And that is okay. <laughs> that is okay. Uh, it is okay for you to express how you really feel. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Joanna. Um, and, and, you know, I go back to what you said earlier of having that growth mindset, um, you know, have that growth mindset. Don't stick to just one narrow path or one narrow thought process, because having that growth mindset is what helps us continue to evolve, uh, which leads to that authenticity piece. Uh, humility, you mentioned that, um, and vulnerability. A lot of organizations are adopting those as core values, Right. And they they value that kind of behavior, those types of skills uh, in in their organization and not just leadership folks, but in any position, in any level. Uh, And I think it's a powerful message there. What what you shared with us, Joanna. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Joanna, it truly has been a pleasure chatting with you and having you on the show this morning. I can talk to you for hours and you know that. Thank you, Ben. The same here. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, the stories and just the opportunity uh, you've given me just to share my humble perspective um, about leadership based on my experience and uh, just has I'm also in the journey. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was great to hear the stories and to be recharged to, to remember that people are watching us uh, Mm -hmm. as leaders and what we say and do matters. Absolutely. Joanna, thank you so much again. And and of course, you're always welcome uh, to return to Evolving with Ben. I'll always uh, welcome you with open arms. Um, And thanks again. And folks, to to all of our listeners on Evolving with Ben, I ask you this, do you have a story of an authentic leader in your life that has made an impact that you want to share? Or maybe you're an authentic leader yourself and you want to share your journey with us. If you have a story of inspiration, to help motivate and inspire others, uh, send it to Evolving with Ben at evolvingwithben at outlook.com. And I will feature your story on the show. And I also welcome you on the show. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Evolving with Ben. And I also, folks, welcome your feedback. So don't forget to leave a rating uh, and a comment anywhere that you're listening to Evolving with Ben. Uh, Joanna, any parting words for our listeners as we continue to navigate 2022? Thanks, Ben. Um, I guess my my parting words would be um, continue in that search for authenticity, um, being honest with yourself. If there is one thing is to me, we got to give of ourselves first before we try to pour Um, into others. So just take the time to be reflective. Just take the time to discover what's deeply rooted in you. What are you deeply rooted in? 
Um, oftentimes we don't know what are some of the things that are impacting us, the way that we think, the way that we show up. And you won't discover that unless you take some time uh, for yourself. So I just, gonna, I just want to invite everybody to continue to be reflective and continue on that journey uh, of evolving um, as you uh, talk about with evolving with Ben. So thanks, Ben. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Joanna. Where's the wisdom, folks? Let's continue on this journey. And until next time, I will see you all soon. Thanks again.